Teen stock trading seems to be a dangerous trend, but let's not get judgy. We've got tips from one of the experts on teaching kids about money and investing. Plus, we have guest co-host Plutus Foundation founder, Harlan Landis. It is Tuesday, September 15th. Let's talk money with friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast coming to you from, well, my very grown-up kitchen here in New York City. And I'm Harlan Landis, founder of the Plutus Foundation, coming to you from beautiful Yardley, Pennsylvania. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape, like Harlan. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. And this episode of Money with Friends, by the way, is sponsored by Tiller. Something you should make your own is getting organized about your money. Go to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF for a free trial. And of course, you will be supporting the show, which is truly appreciated. And speaking of appreciated, we appreciate you, Harlan, for being part of this. Yeah, and I appreciate being here. You've been a co-host for four months, and this is your second to last show. Um, And you've got some news to announce, by the way. You're the founder of the Plutus Foundation, which also is behind the Plutus Awards. Tell us, what are the Plutus Awards and what is your big announcement? That's right. Well, the Plutus Awards have been around for 11 years now, and we celebrate excellence in financial media, especially focusing on independent bloggers, podcasters, authors, and speakers. And we're excited because, well, I mean, first of all, we've had to move our ceremony uh, online due to the fact that we can't get together big groups in person right now. Uh, But we're excited to say that we are uh, moving our date. We have an official date of November 13th. That will be the time that you can um, uh, attend and watch the Plutus Award Ceremony virtual, uh, virtually from your couch, from wherever is comfortable for you, um, and help us celebrate all the great content and all the great um, information that's out there uh, that, uh, that helps millions and millions of people around the world. And by the way, hosted by our very own Joe Salsi. Hi, so make sure to check it out. Speaking of helping to educate people about finance, it's important to start early because if not, they can get into a lot of trouble. We're going to be talking about teen stock trading. But first, let's see which one of our friends is going to lead us into the headline. Hey, it's Paul from the Crazy Money Podcast. P.E. ratios, stock purchase plans, Federal Reserve meetings. We must be getting ready for another episode of Money with Friends. All right. We are reading an article today from The New York Times written by Ron Lieber, one of my favorite authors. He's He's got a new book coming out about how to pay for college. Um, he's been a guest, by the way, on my podcast. And I... I I think he's been to, well, I don't know. I don't want to say if he's won a Plutus Award. I'm not sure, but he should. He's wonderful. He's written a story for the New York Times, Your Money Section, called Teen Stock Trading Seems Dangerous. It doesn't have to be. Start us off, Harlan. Sure. Gunslinging young investors are making stock ownership seem like a terrible idea for novices, but owning equities with limits and guardrails can teach kids plenty. This year, Robinhood and its millions of younger-than-average customers have found themselves at the center of attention that is both comic and tragic. Here's a quote. Uh, Robinhood, we now allow teenagers with their parents' credit cards to trade stocks, went the April headline on the satire site Stunk Market. Two months later, the headlines were far more sobering after a 20-year-old killed himself, leaving behind a note about his negative Robinhood balance. 
Robinhood's customers trade fast, often in particularly volatile types of investments, and can lose lots quickly, as uh, colleague Nathaniel Popper reported in July. Customers have gone to its headquarters to complain, and the company has installed bulletproof glass. All of this activity frightens many parents, and with good reason. But owning just a few shares of a company's stock is something else entirely, and it need not lead to ruin or ingrained bad investing habits. It may actually be the way to build good ones. Learning about financial risk can be challenging for children whose families have never faced much economic hardship. Nevertheless, it's a crucial lesson. The best way for most people to save enough for retirement is to start early, invest most of the money in stocks early on, and hang on tight for half a century. Watching with dread or exhilaration as balances fall when the market swoons or rise when it booms can lead to poor decisions. The earlier someone experiences that volatility and learns how to react to it, the better. So one of the things that I like about Ron Lieber in his writings, especially in the New York Times, is that he then provides a lot of solutions and actionable things that you can do. So we're going to go into, we're going to skip forward a little bit in the article and go through some of those. Um, The first one he talks about is setting up the right account. Um, It may be tempting, this is the article again, to simply open a regular account and trade with your kids, but a better option may be a custodial account, which an adult sets up for a person who is not yet 18. Any questions about trading commissions, account? fees and any minimum balance requirements also inquire about what whether you can buy fractional shares of individual stocks that may have high prices for even a single share harlan what's the next one uh the next one is uh knowing the right rules there are some guidelines that you as a parent relative or mentor ought to set stick to basics for the first few years which means no short sales options or use of debt to buy on margin Then there are the firm's rules, which adults sometimes ignore. Uh, Charles Schwab, Fidelity, and TD Ameritrade were pretty much unanimous in this refrain, don't give kids the account passwords so that they can trade on their own. And if you do, don't come running to us for help if they make some gonzo bet that doesn't work out. Robinhood, which does not offer custodial accounts, doesn't want anyone handing out passwords either. A spokesman declined to comment on how often it needs to shut down accounts because people under 18 have managed to trade anyhow. The next point um, is talking about skin in the game. Um, And it talks about kids um, should invest money that they've earned so they can, you know, think about the hours of work that it took to assemble, you know, all this this money. And then let me just do the next one quickly. Um, It also talks about setting goals um, that, for example, individual stocks can get teenagers thinking about larger economic forces. Why is this company performing better than another? And the dizzying losses that are more likely with the individual stocks can teach a valuable early on lesson. Um, It also talks about challenging their choices. Um, For example, um, it talks about um, a discussion that happened with a financial advisor when his kid wanted to invest stocks um, and thinking about like reporting to an investment committee with how they're doing, why they're choosing it, 
what their strategy was to buy it and maybe what their exit strategy is. And then the final uh, tip they talk about is having upper limits, that one downside of teen stock ownership is the, actually the upside and that big gains can make these teenagers feel invincible. This is something I think that could happen on platforms like like um, Robinhood. And maybe if you feel like you're doing really well and the article talks about the fact that it's a real danger given how well some technology stocks have performed. Um, so the article suggests setting a limit on gains and once you're past that point, tell the kids to capture some of the winnings and maybe put them in a basic index fund. And by the way, they do cite the writer Jonathan Clements, so I just want to give him credit for that. Harlan, what do you what do you think about this? Because you're you're in this business of, of teaching people about money. Yeah, and I think Ron Lieber hits a lot of great points on this. And I think Robin Hood and you know not not to call out any specific company, but any any platform that kind of provides um, uh, a way for teens to experiment uh, on their own without supervision is kind of dangerous because we 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 know that uh, educating people about money through many ways one of those ways being investing in stocks is is good it, it does have the potential of providing some great lessons for how to deal with money, how to invest, uh, make mistakes and learn from those mistakes. But I think a lot of that only works if you make mistakes and then feel the pain. If, if you're shielded from some of those consequences of the choices that you make, which you may be, uh, especially through platforms that kind of reward you for spending more time or spending more money or or making decisions to buy or sell um, rather than kind of looking at the long-term end results uh, and not being penalized when there are when there are bad choices that are made then you're not really going to have the opportunity to learn much from it and I think I think this also opens up the opportunity for uh, young adults, and and it doesn't matter, you know, not supposed to trade if you're under 18, some of these, you know, the people, the customers may be 18 to 25, still learning how to deal with their money, Um, but if if they're 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 on their own and their parents and mentors may not even be aware that they're uh being involved in in all that's going on here and, and taking part in this and uh and, and without that kind of personal guidance i think there's there's certainly a danger here and we've certainly seen that in the news with with people taking uh you know extreme uh, actions to uh deal with some of their uh the problems that they're having when they when they trade without knowing what they're doing Let's get some of our friends in on this discussion. We are recording live on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter. We have Alexis here with a comment. You want to grab that, Harlan? Yeah, Alexis here uh, can see both sides. It can be a tool for learning, uh, but it could also create a gambling addiction for teens who see it as a game. And yeah, I, I I have always had a problem with the whole gamification of everything, um, and and certainly stock trading has fallen into that. Uh, it, it's gamification is great for the companies. It, it it encourages people to stay online more, encourages them to participate more, to make more decisions, to interact more. Uh, but that isn't always the best choice uh, and the best way to approach investing. And 
if you get into the habits of trading stocks, I mean, I remember when someone close to me uh, who had no experience with money whatsoever uh, decided to start day trading and was saying things like, all right, expect Yahoo to jump up 20 points in the next week. And it's based on what? Like, uh, it just came out of nowhere and you're making predictions. That is gambling. That is probably the worst way to uh, to handle uh, your, your finances, whether it's a small amount or a big portion of, uh, of the money that you have. We uh, let's bring in our Instagram friends here. By the way, if you're not following us on Instagram, please join us there at Money Friends Pod. We asked them, should teens be able to trade stocks? Yes or no? Harlan, what did our Instagram friends have to say? I think in general, um, the answer was probably that yes, teens should be able to trade stocks, but only with uh, guidance and some kind of restrictions that that are either placed on them. Well, that would have to be systemically placed on them, I would think. But in the without that, it would be careful guidance from someone who is a little more experienced. Well, we only asked our people yes or no. We have comments coming up, but <laughs> but uh, 72% did say no. And you have actually some of the comments. We actually asked, uh, well, let's, uh, we asked how old were you when you bought your first stock and what was it? Let's just run through a couple of those really quickly because we're a little tight on time. Okay. I, I like this one. 20, LOL. Um, uh, 12, a gold mining company. Uh, Sarah okay. here uh, invested at 12. Uh, so that's that's really interesting. And okay. uh, the Annetter says 28 uh, VTSAX, which is a pretty, a pretty great index fund right there. We also asked the, our audience, our Instagram audience, tell us your thoughts about teen tra- teens trading on stock platforms like Robinhood. Yeah, so uh, Dr. Strange here says a 19-year-old is two years away from legal drinking age and is already eligible to vote. So um, that's – and follows it up with naive and gullible traders exist in the 20 to 50 demographic as well. So Very true. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe age isn't, you know, the primary factor here. Uh, certainly there's a maturity level that's, that's – uh, that would be helpful as well. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, some of these uh, companies, uh, Miles Du Bois said they encourage early distraction and more foundational investing 401k IRAs as adults. Um, so that's an that's an interesting point as well. Yeah. Um, and and uh, here's another comment. You are an adult at 18. So, of course, they should be allowed. So. Uh, so, th- yeah, I mean. We can make lots of decisions about our lives at 18, so theoretically, allowance is good. Being able to do it is good, but whether you should or not, that's, that's a whole other question. Exactly. And I think the nice thing about Ron Lieber's piece here in the New York Times is that he makes it clear that it can be great as a learning tool, um, but it needs to have the guardrails on, that you need to have limits. You can't just, as and it was a satire, but you cannot have a teen, obviously, just take your parents' credit card and open up, you know, a, some kind of a credit line and, and be trading, I guess, effectively on margin and stuff. It has, to, it can be a wonderful tool. I think, I don't know when my first stock was traded, but it was relatively young with the supervision of my grandfather. Um, so I think that it can be a wonderful thing as a teaching tool, but the controls have to be there. We're going to get to our takeaways in just a moment, but first I do want to talk about getting organized. Like I mentioned earlier, um, I am trying really hard to get organized this season. I'm actually watching a show on Netflix about getting organized. And one of the ways you need to get organized is your money. And you can do that really well with heart, with, um, 
excuse me, with Tiller. I'm multitasking while we are doing this. Um, So the thing with Tiller is it helps you manage your money faster because it does so much for you. It's spreadsheet based, but you can customize the spreadsheets to basically whatever you want. And then once you set it up, it's going to track your daily spending, your transactions, your balances. So you don't really have to cust, you don't have to compromise because you can customize. Um, They've got a daily feed you can set up with your spending balances and transactions. And so you're all good to go. You just connect your banks once and it's all set. Go to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF for more info and a free trial and to support the show, tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. Okay, now I've multitasked our way into doing the takeaways. Harlan, what do you have to say about this? Well, I think it's uh, imperative for parents to get involved and pay attention and know what's going on in their kids' lives uh, so that they don't end up um, kind of being unaware that um, that they're uh, they're teens are going through and opening these accounts and and not really uh, getting the best education from them. Uh, I think it's great to provide the guidance and uh, give them a path so that they can have some freedom and learn through trading and be open to making mistakes, but they've got to feel those mistakes. And also, I think it's, uh, you know, just uh, being able to set some uh, guidelines, just like uh, Ron Lieber suggested. And uh, this is great advice. And um, there's an opportunity for parents and kids to learn together as well, um, especially for those who might not have as much experience as uh, as they would like. You know, we do not rehearse this ahead of time and a shock to everyone, not. Um, but it's amazing because I feel like you read my mind, Harlan. And I, I like it when sometimes we disagree, but I like it when we do agree as well. And a lot of what you said is really what I had written down in my notes for my takeaway, which is basically know your kid and know yourself and take from these great tips what will work for your family, but make sure you start the conversation. The one thing that is not going to work is to not have a strategy to teach your teen or any of your children or any person that you care about in your financial ecosystem about investing. So big thanks to Ron Lieber for bringing us this piece. Harlan, before we say goodbye to you, where can people find more information about you? Oh, well, you can check us out at PlutusFoundation.org or at PlutusAwards.com as we're getting ready for our awards ceremony coming up very soon. Uh, and uh, Instagram, Plutus Awards, um, and uh, Twitter as well, Plutus Awards. Wonderful. You can also read more about Harlan and all of our uh, cast of co-hosts on our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. Please follow us on Instagram at moneyfriendspod. That is also our handle on Twitter. And join us for our live shows. You can get the schedule on our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. Harlan and I will be back mañana, Wednesday. We're going to be talking about Amazon and their sellers price gouging and how you can avoid having it happen to you, how to spot it and some more tips. Thank you, Harlan. Thank you, Bobby. Always a pleasure to be here. All right. We'll see everyone tomorrow. Bye-bye. This show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends LLC, copyright 2020. 
For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.